Chapter Three of Historic Girlhoods, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. Historic Girlhoods, Volume One by Rupert S. Holland. Chapter Three. Vittoria Colonna, the Girl of Ischia, fourteen ninety to fifteen forty seven vines had woven the walls of a little natural bower on a high cliff of the wooded sea-swept island of ischia off the coast of italy beyond lay the bay of naples a deep blue glimmering with specks of gold and still farther off stretched the white and brown and yellow roofs and walls of that sun-loved city it was late afternoon the hour of all the four-and-twenty when the city and the sea were most alluring to the eye in the bower sat a woman and a golden-haired girl, and each was watching the colors shift and deepen in the broad, breeze-touched bay. "'Is there anything else as lovely, Isabella?' asked the girl in time. "'See yon handful of opals just tossed on the waves of Capua. How still it is! The woods have gone to sleep.' The woman smiled. Peace to their slumbers. Yonder poor town of Naples has little time to rest. What with France and Spain, the Holy Father and the rest of them, the poor folk of Naples can scarce call their souls their own. Indeed, tis like looking down from a nest upon a stormy plain, agreed the girl. Here, at least, are few plottings and struggles. She settled more comfortably, her head resting in the palm of her hand. Then, after a moment, she sat up again, and, turning to her companion, laid a finger to her lips. Close to them, the other side of the network of wild vines, was the sound of footsteps and presently of voices. To the west, beyond this cliff, lies a beach, she heard a man's voice say, where the Marquis Ferdinand and his teacher come to swim each day at this hour. We can hide in the bushes back of the shore and take them unarmed. The Orsini have offered a hundred ducats for the boy. There followed a chuckle, and then another voice added, "'Tis an easy way to line my purse again.' softly then softly cautioned the first speaker and crackling twigs marked their stealthy descent toward the sheltered beach the girl alarm in her eyes sat up straight as soon as the crackling ceased she bent forward didst hear isabella she whispered didst hear yon plot they wait for ferdinand and messer florio to bathe beneath the cliff and then set on them a hundred ducats the orsini pay what can we do to warn them but isabella's wits seemed flown away she sat silent rocking from side to side her face suddenly quite white think isabella think what shall we do we can't let them have ferdinand without a warning tis almost time that his boat came along shore he bathes at sunset and the sun is nearly gone speak isabella speak the girl put her hand on the woman's arm and shook her the only reply was a moan and a whispered oh vittoria what will our dear lady the duchess say she will say we were cowards for one thing and she will be right said the girl many a time have i heard my father say there's nothing the orsini want but the colonna will snatch away from them they shan't have ferdinand tell your beads here on the cliff and you will i'm going down over its edge to the beach she stood up tall and slender in her white gown her fair hair falling to her shoulders and looked out across the bay there he is coming now she exclaimed pointing eastward to where a white sail was skimming the sparkling waves if they take ferdinand they take vittoria colonna too but the duchess began the frightened isabella she bade me never leave thee if i go home alone stop ordered the girl thou knowest the safety of ferdinand is of more value than all the women folk in ischia the boat is almost here 
she stepped to the edge of the cliff where the vines were thickest and tested them with her feet then searching carefully for that ladder of knotted branches which seemed to promise the securest hold she stepped over the edge and slid her feet from one rung of the vine ladder to another while she clung to the roots with her hands far below the waves murmured against the rocks and laughed at the silver half-moon of the sandy beach fortunately the cliff was shelving and in places a path was worn where boys had hunted for seabirds nests vittoria was strong and she kept her hold upon one vine until she had found another quite as safe slowly she crept downward stopping now and again to look out for the sailboat which was steadily crossing toward the little beach she figured that it would pass beneath her just as she should reach a certain jutting ledge of rock the wind was rising and she had to hasten she twisted her fingers tightly about a vine and loosed her footing so she slipped down and stood out of breath and with her hair and dress disheveled on the ledge putting her hands to her mouth she sent a hailing cry across the water the man and the boy on the skiff looked up and saw the white-clad figure of the girl above them on the ledge it's vittoria cried the boy she has some message for us florio send the boat in beneath the cliff the man nodded and swung the tiller over so that the light cockle-shell skiff danced over the water to vittoria's ledge as they neared it the boy a handsome curly-haired sunburned lad of fifteen caught at the matting of heavy vines which hung almost to the water's edge while the man dropped the little sail what is it vittoria asked the boy messer florio and i were going for our swim not to-day ferdinand she answered i have word for thee wilt thou catch me if i climb down ay that i will holding again by the vines and slipping her feet from rung to rung victoria left her ledge and was soon near enough for ferdinand to catch her in his arms messer florio steadied the boat against the rock while the boy swung victoria across the gunwale now set your sail back toward home she commanded why vittoria isabella and i were on the cliff but now she exclaimed her eyes sparkling when we heard two men plan how they should hide behind the trees of the beach and seize upon you both when you were unarmed one said the orsini would pay a hundred ducats for ferdinand they are down there waiting now master florio's swart face paled and the boy frowned so even in ischia there is danger from those wolves is there he said oh wait until i am a man and can draw their fangs for them i wait ferdinand meantime let us be sailing toward home truly the lady vittoria speaks wisely said messer floria glancing up at the cliff as though fearful that their enemies might even yet be in position to harm them from above take my place ferdinand while i work the bow out to sea again the boy obeyed and between them they soon had the skiff tacking out from shore her nose pointing over toward capua poor isabella said vittoria after a time i think she was too fearful even to speak we must send a guard to bring her in by dusk tis well one of you had courage to give warning said florio twas a climb few girls would care to risk to my thinking needs must when the devil drives answered vittoria with a laugh i could not see them steal my husband from before my very eyes moreover when have the orsini ever had the better of a true colonna so ferdinand the boy marquis of pescara and florio his tutor sang the praises of the little lady vittoria colonna until they had rounded the rugged cliffs of ischia and sailed into safe harbor above the landing-place stood the great fortress castle where lived costanza de avalos duchess of francavia and chatelaine of this island rock of ischia florio gave a sigh of relief as he saw ferdinand and vittoria step on shore he knew the robbers would have made short shrift of him if they could have placed their hands on the young lord of pescara 
in those days the great roman families of colonna and orsini were always at swords points each had had many cardinals statesmen and warriors and each strove its hardest to despoil the other vittoria the youngest daughter of fabrizio colonna had been born in fourteen ninety in the castle of marino which guarded one of the passes in the alban hills near rome but such a castle was no place for children for the lords of marino and the other mountain strongholds lived like robber barons swooping down on neighboring towns and cities holding travelers to ransom and attacking and destroying one another's homes on any favoring chance the lord fabrizio colonna and his wife agnes were anxious to place their daughter in safer hands and at the same time it happened that ferdinand the second king of sicily and naples was desirous of uniting the powerful colonna family to his cause by marrying a girl of that house to a boy of his own race so at five years of age vittoria was solemnly betrothed to ferdinand marquis of pescara and went to live in the sheltered island of ischia in the bay of naples under the care of the duchess of francavia the older sister of the young marquis ferdinand here the boy and girl were brought up together studying under the same teachers playing the same games while the careful duchess kept vigilant watch and ward over both for nothing would have pleased the lords of the house of orsini better than to prevent the marriage of a colonna to a boy of such rank and wealth even in ischia protected by nature as it was and guarded by the duchess's soldiers spies sometimes appeared and neither vittoria nor ferdinand were strangers to perils at the hands of enemies of their houses for the most part however ischia was quiet and the boy and girl led happy peaceful lives ferdinand was trained to be a soldier but also learned something of letters and art a taste for poetry was considered fashionable among young noblemen of that period and he was brought up in the fashion vittoria showed an unusual love of literature and the duchess finding her young ward eager to learn trained her in latin and greek and urged her to write verses of her own ferdinand grew tall and strong fit for the work of a soldier gentle at most times but fiery when his anger was aroused he was considered remarkably handsome with an auburn beard an aquiline nose and eyes keen and commanding vittoria while she was still a girl was regarded as one of the beauties of italy her face being of the calm oval roman type with the broad brow the thoughtful eyes and the full red lips poets sang the praises of her golden hair and artists loved to paint it and the fame of its beauty had spread to rome and naples through the words of wandering troubadours who had been to ischia when vittoria colonna and ferdinand de avalos were nineteen years old they were married and it was a true love match for they had grown more and more fond of each other during the years they had spent on the island the wedding was almost royal in its magnificence and then the bride and groom went to naples where endless feasts were given in their honor they traveled a little then went back to ischia where for three years ferdinand and vittoria were very happy and where she began to write some of those sonnets which were to win her fame then came the call to war and ferdinand left vittoria at ischia to hasten to the aid of his king who was warring with louis the twelfth of france from that time the life of vittoria's husband was spent in camps and battles he was unusually brave a man beloved by his soldiers and as a general there were a few men of the age his equal now he was winning now losing at one time in prison at milan writing letters in poetry to his wife to which she replied with poems of her own he was wounded at the great battle of pavia and a little later worn out by his hard warring life died in fifteen twenty five vittoria stayed at ischia and to ease her grief for her loved husband wrote many sonnets dealing with their life together 
her poems were considered very beautiful and her fame grew until she was accounted among the greatest of italian writers after a time she traveled and everywhere she was received with the highest honors as a poetess at last she settled in rome and there her house was the center of learning in the city all men of talent claimed to be her friends and the letters of the day were filled with accounts of her genius her holiness and her beauty chief among her friends was the great painter michael angelo and the friendship of each was a continual inspiration to the genius of the other so it was that this girl who saved her betrothed husband from his enemies that day at ischia became in time one of the noblest figures in italian life one of the finest flowers of what we call the renaissance in europe End of chapter three